almost the middle of December. It's hard to believe. Almost the middle of December. 13th. Well, we're getting close, very, very close to Christmas Day. And uh, we have some announcements to make uh, this morning. If you took note when you came in on the table back there under the Joy to the World banner, there is a selection of knives. They're put there by the Women's Fellowship. Uh, husbands, you might be careful if the wives buy these knives. But anyhow, we're, uh, Christine is in charge of that. She's trying to sell these knives because they want to close down the, the, uh, the Women's Fellowship account. And they're uh, trying to... It's basically a going out of business sale. So if you uh, would like to purchase some knives, please help them out. And uh, they make good stocking stuffers or, you know, or, you know, or you might, you might, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, take a look at them. They are good quality. They're good quality knives. It isn't just some junk that was purchased, but they are good quality. So... Uh, uh, they're for sale, and uh, if you could help out with that, that would be wonderful. Uh, we have been working hard. Well, Sandy and, and Pastor Ryan have been working hard on Christmas Eve service, and uh, Sandy has an announcement to make concerning how that will play out, since unfortunately we no longer have Walter with us. The, you want a microphone, sir? Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, I was bound to determine to try to find somebody to play the organ for Christmas Eve. Uh, just to help make it special, special. Um, so I called uh, Ryan Arndt, I guess how do you spell, how do you pronounce his name? Arndt. He, um, he said, oh, I would love to play. He said, the only thing is I have a 7 o'clock service at West Green Tree, and I have an 8.30 service at West Green Tree. And you need to allow me a half hour in between. And I go, well, so that means 10 o'clock. Or... Which, which uh, you know, if we want children involved, that maybe that's not a good choice. Um, or 5.30 to 6.30, which means a half hour to get back, back to West Green Tree. So, and I was looking at that, 5.30, 5.30 to 6.30. Mm. And then my, you know, there's a good reason I married her. <laughs> I think she's smarter than I am. <laughs> huh? I'm just quicker. She's quicker. Not necessarily smarter, but quick. Okay. Uh, anyway, she, she, this is a, a good example. She said, uh, well, how about having Ryan play from 6 to 6.30? He takes out and our, our, our favorite pianist, dear Megan, 
does from 6.30 to 7. And, it, and so we run our service just simply an hour earlier than usual from 6 to 7. And have, have like organ 15 minutes before the service. So if you like organ music like me, you show up early, listen to Ryan play the organ, and, uh, and we'll front load most of the songs will be in the first part of the service before Ryan leaves, all right? And then in the other part of this, so what we do the rest of the service, well, we got a, a communion service, we got a candle lighting. Uh, 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 Megan has already said that she's good with Silent Night. And so, she, you know, she'll help us out with that. Um, and a tableau. And so that and that, that about does it. Yeah. So I so plan now. Hopefully this will not disrupt your own, your plans already. Uh, our service this year will be from six to seven. Or if you want to get here a little earlier to hear some more music, get here at five forty-five. Yes. And Ryan will be playing, and uh, we can enjoy the the organ music with his, his direction. So that's the plan. We're going to be starting at 6 o'clock, and uh, we, we will go from 6 to 7 instead of 7 to 8. All right. Uh, we got those two taken care of. Now, do you remember back in October, that was Pastor Appreciation Month? Well, here it is, December. And we finally got our pastor appreciation things together. And uh, there was uh, cards out on the table for folks to sign. And we've teamed them up with the love offerings that you have given. So Pastor Ryan and Pastor Sandy, this is Pastor Appreciation Month in reverse here, I guess. So thank you very much for your service and your love for the congregation. And uh, yes. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh, I think that is uh, the announcements we had to make, by the way. You notice our beautiful poinsettias that Nancy and Goldie have arranged for us here. And uh, I noticed Nancy was putting her her uh, names on the poinsettias. And... Uh, it, it, they're just beautiful. I'd like to point out one thing. This guy up here, this, this is all one poinsettia. It's not a whole bunch of them together. It's one poinsettia. And that's Donna's. She's, a, she's the mommy of the, the, point, the big poinsettia. You have to build an addition to put the flower in. So, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, they're considered a weed in Mexico. So, yeah, here we are with yeah, yeah. I I read about that. That's interesting. Well, enough of announcements. Enough of discussion. We're looking forward to an Advent reading, 
and uh, it's going to be based on Luke 2. And, oh, by the way, I, we do have some visitors here this morning. You, of course, are invited to our uh, Christmas Eve service, so please come. It's uh, very casual, and uh, we do have a, a wonderful time. It's very nice. Uh, who is doing our Advent reading? Okay, Miss Amy and family. I am reading today from Luke 2, verses 25 through 38. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is a destined, destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Anna, coming in at that very instant, like Simeon, gave thanks to God, speaking about the child to all in Jerusalem who were looking for redemption. Today is the third Sunday of Advent. These candles remind us how important it is to just stop and realize that we are in the Christmas season. They remind us not to be distracted in our personal relationship with the Lord and to keep our heart's attention on Him. Our theme this year is witnesses of the first Advent, what they saw and what they said. Today we focus on the witness of Simeon and Anna, what they saw and what they said. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of unseen witnesses. These are the witnesses of our faith that have gone on before us. Some witnesses are overlooked, even though they are in the Bible, such as Simeon and Anna. They, too, are very much part of Advent. Simeon and Anna are witness to several very important things we need to know as we celebrate Advent. The first thing is that there, is, there are more than one level of seeing. You can see with your natural eyes, and your natural eyes can see natural things. That day, when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to be circumcised, many people were in the temple. 
they all could see a baby boy. Not all of them could see a child destined to be the redeemer and savior of the world. There is a deeper level of seeing, a level of really seeing, more than just what's on the surface. Simeon and Anna both saw more than the surface. They saw more than natural things with their natural eyes. They could see the real truth about the child Jesus. He is the promised Messiah. The second thing we need to know as we celebrate Advent, in what he said, Simeon and Anna by implication connected the promised Messiah with redemption and salvation. Unless redemption and salvation are in the picture, all we can see is just another baby. But Jesus is not just another baby. If your Advent season is dry and boring, or just crazy and filled with whatever, reconnect the baby with words such as redemption and salvation. That is Simeon and Anna's Advent witness. Let us pray. A wonderful Lord, open our spiritual eyes that we may see not just the beautiful lights and shiny decorations of the Advent season. Help us to see deeper, to see what our hearts, the underlying, to see with our hearts the underlying reality and significance of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, help us to see the one born to be the Lamb. Born to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Concerns. Let me mask up here. You know, as we go into our joys and concerns, uh, with the threat of more COVID cases, there is the threat of closing down things which might affect us. So let's continue to pray that that will not happen because Christmas is so important to us as Christians. Well, they might try. Oh, the governor said that. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. That's great. That's great. Good. Good. Tina, do you have something you'd like to help share with us? I'll be back to you, Christine. No, no, that's okay. No? Um, yeah, we have Aaron Selker on the prayer list with the pancreatic cancer. Uh, it's been probably almost a year since she was diagnosed. Um, she's been going through the treatments and things. And I have an update. She does a, a blog on Caring Bridge. And this one just really touched my heart. It's part of it. Um, she says, my struggle lately is preparing to die. This is hard for me to write. In fact, I only told a few people that I struggle with this task. It's not a fun activity. It's overwhelming. Nothing seems good enough or big enough sentiment to leave to your five children and your husband. A very wise friend told me something that was a reminder of truth. This has helped me put my heart at ease for now. She reminded me that the only two things that can prepare you for death are be right with God, know him and pursue him, and teach your children the same. I just think that that is just so, so profound. And then she goes on to say, this is very freeing for me. 
with him and his love, grace, and mercy, we will be taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is a 42-year-old woman with five children and a husband with pancreatic cancer and what she's been uh, going through. And I, I just pray that, you know, when, when my time, time, time comes, that that's what I realize the only thing that really matters is that we are right with God. All this other stuff just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and I have one other one. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> um, we have a little girl in our school district, the little kindergarten girl, who has leukemia. And she has had to um, drop out of school due to all the treatments that she's going to be going through. We um, did a dress-down fundraiser for the family to help with some of the medical costs. And uh, I and another woman from the administration building um, are gonna deliver that check to her um, Monday, a drawer, do drawer door drop, of course. Um, and I also made her, she loves bright colors. So we all wore bright colors that day when we dressed down and I made her um, little kid size prayer shawl in very, very bright colors. So please keep, her name is Allie Palacious. Um, Christine, I'll give this to you then with the spelling. Um, but please keep Allie and her family in your prayers because um, very difficult. So. Time of the year. My gosh. Yeah. Now, Christine, do you have any updates? Okay, let me walk over there. Yes, if everyone checks their prayer guide, just check that we are a family and friends of Donald Long. This is Stanley Long's brother that passed away. Just keep that family in mind. We have them under grieving. And an update with Elwood Fawnmeller, who is on our prayer guide. He's doing okay. He's on oxygen. We'll have colonoscopy on Tuesday and also blood work. And I have new people. Uh, we had quite a few prayer chain requests this in the past week and some aren't on here yet because Susan was done doing the bulletin by Wednesday. Uh, Wanda Hackman, having problems for about a month, goes to doctor, which she would have gone this week, uh, irregular heartbeat, stomach problems very severe stomach problems she's been having this so we pray for her sandy buck severe back pain therapy is supposed to start next week whether they'll do that right now i'm not sure with the covid uh, another new one liam buckwalder he's an eight-year-old he was diagnosed with afib it's a very young age for something like that he's the great-grandson of virgil and mary baker he will be having a procedure done, which is called an ablation, December the 29th. So we keep him in our prayers. And Nancy gave me this one this morning, Joshua Heisey, who is a 12-year-old son of Joel Heisey of Heidelberg Church. He is on life support at the Hershey Medical Center. So we have quite a list here. We've had prayer chain requests that I've been putting through. Uh, lots and lots of praying. There's just things happening. It seems very sad, you know. Yeah. It's, it's life. It's what's happening in this world. But uh, young people we have here, young people. So, yes, lots of praise, lots of praying. Okay. Who else would like to share? Oh, okay. 
Sue and I in the office are being driven crazy by a computer. <laughs> you ought to try it sometime. Um, yeah, sometimes you just have to lay hands on the thing. Sometimes you have to rebuke it. Um, this computer says that it doesn't know anything about the internet, doesn't know anything about email, and it doesn't, it says that the uh, network is unidentified. Well, I've done all kinds of stuff. So anyway, to print the bulletin, this bulletin was printed from my computer, taking the file off, putting it on a flash drive and printing it from my computer. Well, so this is not normally my week to be here, but I may be here just to print the bulletin this week. So anyway, <laughs> pray, pray about that computer. We were, uh, computers and everything are nice when they work. So, yeah. Ooh, did somebody have their hand up over here? Donna, yes. Just to remember all of those people that are in homes, when I was writing out my Christmas cards the other day, um, I've probably mailed more cards this year than I have in a long time, just because there's a lot of people who can't be here, so I mailed their cards to uh, where they're staying in the homes or wherever. But... Um, all these people haven't been able to have visitors and they're stuck in their rooms and just I think the thought of sending them a card and remembering them this time of the year is definitely a special thing. Absolutely. Who else? Along with all the people in homes, which I keep thinking about is the children. They have been jerked around. They're in school, they're out of school, they're in school. And the teachers, yes, it's difficult as a teacher, I know that, but my concern is about these poor children who um, just aren't gonna get the education they need in the midst of this. And so many are not even doing anything, and those are the ones who probably need it the most. And it's, and they're not the ones getting sick. So just pray for our schools and sports things being canceled. And yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of disruption. A lot of disruption. Anyone else? Okay. Well, a lot of joy and, and happiness during this Christmas season, but uh, again, as pointed out, there's a lot of sadness and a lot of real concerns. And I don't, as I told you before, I'm old. I don't remember everything that is said and all the names and so forth. You all have heard them. So please pray on your own, but we're going to pray corporately and try and cover as much as we can. So let's pray together, please. 
Heavenly Father, we call upon your name for all the concerns that are placed before us. And we particularly think of, of children, Lord. This is a time when children should be joyous, that we should be telling them about the Christmas story and that they should be excited about uh, knowing who Jesus is and how he came into this world and, and all the wonderful things that are involved in that. But there is sadness, and we address that, Lord. We ask you to please intercede. Give hope to these young people. Don't let them fall to the side. Let us grab their hand and take them with us into your glory, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the ability to, to talk to them, to meet with them. And Lord, with this terrible COVID pandemic that we are experiencing, it's difficult at this time of the year to make contact with our loved ones. Lord, help us to come up with creative ideas to get people to be loved, to be noticed, to be included in our activities. And Lord, we have individuals that are experiencing great health issues. Lord, it's, it's hard whenever young people have such issues. So we pray that you would intercede, that you would place your mighty hand upon these situations. Lift these individuals up. Give the doctors great insight and great knowledge, Lord, because it's only through you that they are able to perform their duties. And we think of individuals who have passed away, Lord. Lord, it's, it's tough losing individuals. We grieve. But if they know you, there is joy in where they are going and healing beyond belief. Thank you, Lord, for that promise and that reality. Lord, there's so much turmoil in our country, so much oppression. Christians are being, oh, they're just being oppressed and, and there's such violence against them. Lord, we think of all the Christians throughout the world, and especially in Nigeria. Lord, our church in Nigeria is experiencing great difficulties. Please help them, Lord. Pour your grace out upon them. Protect them. Not only them, Lord, but also in Brazil and China and Korea and the Middle East. You tell us that this is what will happen, but we still ask you for help. Lord, lift those individuals up. Let them know that we are praying for them. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers, hearing our, voicing our concerns. Lord, it is our only hope that you are in charge, and we know that that is true. And we ask that you pour grace out upon this country, Lord. This country has turned away from you, and we ask that you forgive our sins and show grace to us. Lord, the remnant of individuals who are true to you, protect them, lift them up, and again, pour grace out upon this country. Thank you, Lord. Hear our prayers. Hear our voicing our concerns. And hear our joys, too, Lord. 
joys that are sometimes overlooked. But you know about them. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us, all you have done and all you will do in the future. Because yours is the power and the glory. And we know who is in control. And we know who will win. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. Feeling better. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, just odd. I, I was telling Pat this morning, I don't know what happened, but uh, when I was loading Luke into the car last Sunday morning, I started vomiting. And um, But I'm all better. Feel better this morning, so thank you. Good to see you all. And um, I have to say that I am dreaming of a white Christmas. And we might just get that. I heard there's snow coming. I heard this morning uh, 12 to 18. I'm not kidding. Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh Uh-huh. My buddy sent me. It was from, uh, it wasn't weather.com. What's the other one? It might have been AccuWeather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Not too many people are excited, though. Why am I the only one that's excited? Is anybody else? Owen's excited, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, let's pray here quickly before we start. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for sustaining us through the night, giving us the gift of life. We are alive because you have given us life. Uh, You are the sustainer. Uh, Lord, we thank you for what you have done for us. We ask this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit that we would approach your word and be fed through your word and that we would remember the meaning of this joyous season that we are celebrating today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so when do we officially begin to celebrate Christmas? To celebrate and decorate for Christmas, I guess I should say. Is it the Friday after Thanksgiving? No? Yes? It is in our house anyway. (laughs) I guess it varies from person to person. But you know, I was in Walmart before Halloween, and I noticed that some Christmas-themed decorations had already been set out on the shelves. Luke is very anxious for Christmas, as you can remember, I'm sure. And he can sense that Christmas is here, but it's not entirely here, right? He knows that the season is different from the summer. It's colder. We have to wear coats to go outside. But he doesn't fully grasp the idea that Christmas is 12 days away. And so, in other words, he can sense that, again, Christmas is upon us. It is here, but he's not exactly sure when it will officially be Christmas morning. And so we're focusing this morning on Simeon and Anna and the meaning of their reactions after having seen and and held Jesus. And so the historical setting, I do want to take some time to kind of set this up. And so God said in Exodus 12, consecrate all the firstborn to me. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. And so there they were. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. 
Jesus having recently been born, still very much an infant. And Joseph and Mary, being devout Jews, knew that it was required of them to present Jesus to the Lord at the temple in Jerusalem. And so they prepared to make the journey to Jerusalem some 30 or so days after the birth of Jesus. And now if Joseph and Mary were still in Bethlehem, which I think is probably the case, then they would have had to have journeyed up to Jerusalem about six or eight miles, depending on which road they took to get to Jerusalem. Now that might not seem like a long way to go, especially because we have cars But they most likely had to walk, or at least Joseph walked while Mary rode on a donkey or some other livestock animal. And it's easy to think about that scene, especially when we portray it in in a a manger scene, and we think, oh, that's nice. (laughs) Sounds like a nice leisurely walk. (laughs) But unfortunately, traveling on roads in the ancient world could be very perilous, There were often thieves and other men of ill repute lurking on the sides of roads waiting to ambush travelers to steal their belongings, leave them for dead. You might think of the parable of the Good Samaritan. And on top of that, Joseph and Mary were first-time parents. And I don't want to speak for anyone else, but when Luke was born, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) With Evelyn, I felt a bit more confident, but something about the firstborn is extremely nerve-wracking. It it was for me, at least. I hope that there are others who share that. Sandy, maybe, (laughs) he's laughing at me. (laughs) How do you change the diaper? How often do they need to eat? Do I need to do anything to make sure that they actually keep living? All I can say is thank the Lord for mothers. (laughs) The point I'm making is that journeying from Bethlehem to Jerusalem was probably not easy for either Joseph, Mary, or Jesus. But nevertheless, Joseph and Mary made the journey and brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. And so how should we think about this consecration service that was to take place? Well, you might think of it in terms of how we dedicate children to the Lord. The mother and father get dressed up in their Sunday best and pastor takes the child in his arms and thanks the Lord for the gift of new life and asks for a blessing over the child, asking that the Lord would lead and guide the parents to raise the child in a God-fearing home. The difference being that we do not require child dedication while the Jewish people were commanded to dedicate their children to the Lord, their firstborn children. And no doubt Joseph and Mary had some expectation of what was going to take place. And so they entered the temple, they handed Jesus over to be consecrated or dedicated. And we get to the witness of Simeon in verse 22 of chapter 2. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord that every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. This is in Leviticus. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
and the Holy Spirit was upon him. That's interesting. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, that is, the Lord's Messiah, his Savior. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. That is quite the blessing. <laughs> Probably not what Joseph and Mary had anticipated. Luke says that Joseph and Mary marveled. The word that Luke uses here could also mean that their mouths literally dropped when they heard what Simeon said. Imagine being told that your son is the salvation of the Lord. That your son is a light for the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. If Joseph and Mary were already reeling from the shock of becoming parents, imagine how they felt now. No pressure. What was Simeon speaking to when he spoke this blessing? Well, I think that in a lot of ways he was referring to Isaiah chapter 42. No doubt, perhaps other parts of Scripture as well, but I think that Isaiah 42 really parallels the blessing that Simeon spoke. Isaiah 42 says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. And a bruised reed he will not break. And a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you I will give you as a covenant for the people. This is a singular you, not a plural. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind and to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other. Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I now declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This was prophesied through Isaiah some 500 years prior to Simeon holding the baby Jesus in his arms. Luke continues, And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed and the sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And so Simeon was witnessing to the fact that the Old Testament points 
to Jesus. He witnessed to the fact that God's plan of salvation for mankind is Jesus Christ. Remember last year when we looked at John's Gospel, we walked through it. The temple of Jerusalem was pointing to a greater temple, which is the body of Jesus. The bread that fell from heaven in the wilderness as the Israelites were moving out of Egypt and were in the wilderness, the bread that fell from heaven was surpassed by the true bread that came down from heaven. The water that flowed from the rock in Exodus was surpassed by the rivers of living water flowing from the gift of the Holy Spirit. The witness of Simeon was that the Christ had come. The plan of salvation which had been foretold in the Old Testament had found its fulfillment in Jesus the Christ. And so we move down to the witness of Anna. Verse 36, chapter 2, Luke says, And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Not much is known about Anna other than what we read about here in Luke's gospel. She was married for seven years and then tragically her husband died. After her husband died, Anna devoted herself to prayer and fasting at the temple. And somehow... We're not really sure how. We're not told. Luke doesn't tell us. But she learns of the baby Jesus. Maybe she was present during the dedication ceremony. I I don't know. But nevertheless, she begins to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. What does that mean? She begins to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. It means that she went out evangelizing. At least I think it means that anyway. She began to spread the good news in a way. And I think we can see a similarity here again back to Isaiah 42 beginning with verse 10. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants. Let the desert and its cities lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar inhabits. Let the habitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the top of mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praise in the coastlands. The Lord goes out like a mighty man. Like a man of war, He stirs up His zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows Himself mighty against His foes. For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself. And now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn the rivers into islands and dry up the pools. And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. In paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. 
So what does all this mean? You may have heard the term before, the inaugurated kingdom. That's what's going on here with these two witnesses. Simeon said that his eyes had seen the salvation of the Lord. The salvation that the Lord had prepared in the presence of all peoples. That is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And Anna began to sing a song to the Lord, thanking Him for His salvation, and then proceeded to tell everyone who was waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem, of this new thing that the Lord was doing. When speaking of Simeon, Luke says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think the same thing is implied for Anna as well. Simeon and Anna were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this marks the beginning, the inauguration of the kingdom of God in this world. Luke recorded the words of Jesus in chapter 4, verse 43. He says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God has broken into this world. It is here amongst us. But it's not yet fully realized. In the kingdom of God, there is a new covenant that has been made. That covenant, according to Isaiah, is none other than Jesus Christ. Simeon and Anna recognized this. It was revealed to them through the Holy Spirit of God. The Lord said in chapter 43 of Isaiah that He is the Redeemer of Israel. I, I am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Behold, He says, I am doing a new thing. This new thing that He has done is to form a new people for Himself. A people that have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. A people that are joined together in relationship, into covenant to one another, and to God in Christ. This is why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Tina, you mentioned getting right with God. We are right with God because of Jesus. He is our Prince of Peace. He made peace between God and mankind. All these things He did for us because of His great love for us. And it was His great love for us that God decided beforehand to place His anger and wrath on Jesus and not on us. To redeem us from our sins, as He says, to blot them out, to remember them no more, and to give us new life in Christ. This is the new thing that the Lord said He would do. And so what does all this mean for us today? Well, David says in Psalm 2, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The Lord has set His King on His holy throne. We are a nation that seems to be raging. Yeah. It's not hard to look at the current state of our country and not sense that we are raging both against one another against other nations, and even against the Lord. Seeing it all play out before our eyes can sometimes be shocking. 
but it should not come as a surprise to us. God's word teaches us that there are only two kingdoms in this world. One being the kingdom of this world and the other being the kingdom of God. The prophet Isaiah prophesied that God was going to do something new in the future. He was going to form a new people. A people that would be marked not by circumcision or ethnicities, but rather by His Holy Spirit. There was going to be an inauguration, a breaking in of this kingdom into the world. And that inauguration took place at the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Simeon and Anna recognized this. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Simeon praised the Lord for being faithful to His Word by giving us a Savior. And Anna went out and told others of the good news. The redemption. That redemption with God had finally come. That a Savior had been born. A Savior who would be our Prince of Peace. And that is peace between God and mankind. And so where do we stand in all of this? Well, we stand in the inauguration of this new kingdom. The kingdom of God. We are citizens of this new kingdom. Having been, having been marked by the Holy Spirit. And so our allegiance is first and foremost to this kingdom. And so we don't have to fret about the kingdom of this world, elections, the electoral college, or laws that seem to be unjust, injustices that are not prosecuted. Why do we not have to fret about these things? Well, I think there are at least two reasons. First, because in the kingdom of God, the king is on his throne for now and forevermore. There is no worry that he might be dethroned. We don't have to worry about his legislation, for he legislates fairly and justly. And second, we are not, in an ultimate sense, citizens of the kingdom of this world. Rather, we are citizens of Christ's eternal kingdom. And so I mentioned in the beginning that Luke can sense that the Christmas season has begun. <laughs> but he cannot fully grasp when Christmas Day will be here. He can see that Christmas is here in a sense. He can see the decorations, the lights, the wrapping paper, the boxes that come from Amazon. What is that? What's in there? <laughs> the manger scenes. He hears the Christmas songs. But he also knows that Christmas is not fully here. And I think this picture is appropriate for where we are right now in the unfolding of God's plan for the salvation of mankind. We can see that the kingdom of God has broken into this world. We can see the work of the Holy Spirit through our own lives and the lives of others. We hear the songs of glad tidings but we can also sense that the kingdom of God is not fully here yet. And so we wait expectantly for his kingdom to be fully realized in the new heavens and the new earth. John says in Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And so this is our hope, brothers and sisters. Our hope is not heaven. What I mean is that heaven is not our final destination. We are not going to spend an eternity in heaven. No, we are going to spend an eternity in a new heavens and a new earth where Christ is king and all persons are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, a kingdom that will never end. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we give you praise this morning for your great love and mercy toward us, that you would come to save us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we are pleased to declare this morning that we are citizens of your coming and eternal kingdom. You made it possible for us to have peace with God through your birth and sacrifice on the cross. You are our Prince of Peace. And we wait expectantly for your coming and say now this morning, come Lord Jesus, come. And while we wait, we ask that you continue to call persons into your kingdom by your Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us through this lifetime. Help us to spread the good news of your salvation, being filled with your Holy Spirit, as your two faithful witnesses, Simeon and Anna, declared long ago. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.